I had to shake him on my last case, Big O don't play. Alright guys, welcome back to episode 3 of the Musky Hunks podcast. I am one of your five hosts, Ryan Reed, the spot-burning entrepreneur of the group. We also have on the call tonight, we have Mr. Donnie Dink Swink Outdoors. What's up everybody? We got Owen, the big O's, Bucktail Seaman. What's up guys? We got Nick Fiesler and special guest Larissa on the road from from above the wall up there in Canada. The Canada land. The Great White North. The Great White North. And we also have Mr. Tom Venata. Monsters. Unfollow them. Boo, that guy sucks. <laughs> Why do we have a truck on a musty podcast? Worst, Why? <laughs> worst guy I've never paid. Yep. Oh, that guy wears Welcome, socks. welcome. Welcome, welcome, everybody. So this is, um, we've got an interesting topic for tonight. And, and I want to uh, just make sure that I say this because we actually received this topic from somebody that's been listening to the podcast and I talked to him and he said it was okay that that I brought this up so uh, Cody Houston actually reached out to us and Owen do you want to do you want to get into the topic for tonight I just thought it was it was cool that we finally got somebody to to give us a topic here yeah we we thought it was interesting because the topic he brought up is, is one that I think fits our group very well because we all have different boats. The question is, is as weekend warriors, guys who don't make a living in musky fishing, therefore don't need or can afford a hundred thousand dollar, you know, $80,000 Ranger boats or, you know, setups like that. What, what do we, how did we get started with boats? You know, wh- where did, when did we, you know, how did we first go out and, and say, this is what we want to do. We want to buy a boat. And because all of us have a different story as to how we bought our first boats. I know Ryan is currently in the market for his first boat. So we thought this would be a good podcast to a good topic for us uh, to, to kind of go over because none of us have big fancy boats. I mean, all, all, and all of our boats are completely different. So I, I think it'd be pretty cool to kind of go through what everyone's setup is, how they got into it in a, in a quick, quick way. And, and then maybe kind of what we would do differently if we were buying a boat today. So does that sound like something uh, we can do? Yo. Yeah, like somebody's I mean, listening probably, to our podcast. Yeah, we've got we've actually have uh like 24 subscribers now. That's pretty wow. That's a wow. lot more than I thought we got or would get. That's, that's two that's two dozen guys. I mean, it's about 23 more than I was expecting. I know my dad's listening, so I just want to thank you for listening, dad. He's a big fan. <laughs> I don't think my dad's figured out how to subscribe to podcasts yet, but maybe he has. We'll, we'll, gotta, I, we'll, we'll, we'll get big rich on it. Yeah. I feel like we need to get, uh, we need to get uh, Donnie's dad on here to talk about the importance of a great meal. I just feel like that would be a good topic someday. So we'll, maybe we'll get there. I think any dads would be. Yeah, definitely. We should just Absolutely. have a bad episode. 
I would have a dad episode. Absolutely. That would be awesome. Right, so, hey, so I guess in terms of the boats, um, you know, who wants to get started? I know Tom is probably the, the most recent, like new boat purchase. Cause I bought pre-owned Donnie. How, I don't know. Have you, I don't know how long you've had your boat. No, my boat I bought new uh, last year, actually. Oh, really? So early, early last year. So, okay. So you, so then you got you and Tom can both kind of speak to what you know, looking at the new market. Where I was when I bought mine, I bought mine last uh, spring of 2020, right when right when the pandemic hit. And I bought mine. I was a Craigslist, you know, looking for just a first starter boat. I didn't want to, I wasn't sure that I, I was ready to buy, you know, you know, commit to a, a boat. So I, I went the used boat route and I've actually been pretty happy with it. So Donnie, why don't you tell us, you, you know, what's your setup right now and how you got into that? Uh, so right now my boat, uh, what I'm running is a uh, 2020 track road guide v16 side console uh i picked that boat up last year you know i i went and looked at, at a lot of different stuff and i did a, a lot of online research and and you know there, there's definitely a lot of boats that uh i liked the looks of better you know a little bit more or what have you or, or uh, you know or made by obviously higher end companies like ranger lumacraft and, and all that stuff is, is really really nice but i went and checked out mine the one i ended up getting at the dealer and it for me i felt like it it was capable of doing everything that you know i do in the way that i fish now and and i learned that through trial and error with my first boat which was a pre-owned boat and kind of knew what i was looking for for the most part for my style of fishing uh, that I've developed, you know, and I like to cast a lot, but I also do like to troll, uh, especially in the summer, you know, you know, spring and summertime when, when you can, when temps allow and all that. But uh, I do a lot of river casting. So full windshield wasn't really something that I felt like I wanted with the, uh, you know, with it only being a 16 and a half foot boat. Because, All right, so let's so yeah, let's stop I, let's stop you there. So when you're when you're going to buy a boat, obviously <laughs> length, there are a couple of different considerations that you're you're going to be looking at, and all of which are going to factor into what the price is going to be. So, you know, if you're looking at like were were you set on a 16, 16 foot boat, or were you trying were you looking at getting into because I know I've in looking. You know, getting into a low or a range, I mean, a low or uh, a tracker, you know, seems to be, you can, you can do it at a decent, at a decent price. Right. And yeah, I mean, I knew for multiple reasons, like I, I didn't want to go over 17, although I would like to for, because of price, number one, and also space in my garage was a factor for me. So it was a 16 to seven foot boat, 17 foot boat was going to work best for me. I didn't want to go below 16 one, just because I had a 15 foot boat in, you know, my previous boat was 15 with a much, uh, much smaller beam as well. But, um, I knew I wanted to be longer a, because something that I learned, 
with my first boat that I didn't know was, you know, if you're on Army Corps lakes, like say Woodcock or some of those other places, if your boat's below 16 all foot, time. you have, are required to wear a life vest all the time, which I'm yeah. not going to say that's something that I discourage people from doing, but it's something that I didn't particularly like doing and would rather not do. So I'm having also, a boat over 16 foot wait, allows I, you I, to have I to didn't, that. I didn't know that. So yeah. repeat that. So if you, if you are under 16 feet, you have to any, wear a, any, a life jacket. If you're on a body of water, that's uh, uh, an army Corps of engineer, army Corps. body of water, you know, lake or, or what have you, uh, you are required to have a life vest on at all times if your boat's under 16 foot. There's a, there's a it, weird there's rules a, in the river about that, too. I mean, like, yes. it's seasonal. Like, it, like from, like, winter yeah, to spring, so, you have to have one if it's yeah. under 16. Yeah, that, that's from, cold I water. Think like, uh, yeah, October 15th to April 15th, I think. Yeah, like a right. cold water period. I guess I think you're going to fall yeah. down on a 16-footer and get hypothermia and drown, which I guess that's a fair concern. Right. I actually thought in, in, in PA, I thought from November 1st until April 1st, I thought it was a PFD, you know, on no yeah, matter I, what. No, it's if you're under 16 foot. That 16 foot rule. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's uh, interesting yeah. to know. Okay. I will say that that also applies for lakes too, because even like that little trout day that we do at Twin Lakes in Greensboro, yeah. we have to wear uh, a essentially a life jacket on a paddle boat. <laughs> well, that's yeah. because they're like three right, foot long paddle boats. So right, it's, it's everything that's less than six, you know, 16 feet, you know, yeah. you're talking kayaks, yeah. you're talking paddle boards, all that stuff. It's just yeah. cold, cold water months. Okay. Well, that's, that's definitely something to, uh, that I, I, I did not know. So that's, that's something to factor in. So you ended up, so where did you go and did you go and physically look at boats or did you just do mainly online shopping? How did you, how did you pick, you know, pick which one you wanted? So I researched, you know, obviously I did a lot of research online and then when I wanted, when I decided which, you know, tracker boat that I would look at, a couple models that I was going to look at, uh, I went down to a small dealer in West Virginia, uh, it's called Grove Lawn and Marine. It's, it's it's just past the Cabela's down there in Wheeling. It's like it's the next exit after that. I can't think of what that exit was now, but you go right past Cabela's and uh, yeah, they had it's it's not a real big dealership, but they had a, a little showroom that they had a, a number of boats there, different models of them, and I gave them all out. And uh, you know, I I, I knew that the base model of my of the boat that I wanted was, you know, it, it was going to work for what I wanted to do. The things that come standard on the tracker of that model, accessory wise, electronics, trolling motor weren't up to snuff for what I knew I wanted. Uh, and I was going to have to upgrade those. I knew that going in, but uh, so that was mainly what I was going down there to talk to them about more than anything, because I couldn't really get that information online of how, you know, I was going to be able to do that or if I would even be able to upgrade to the things that I wanted. Uh, 
but going down there, you know, like I said, I got to go down and, and look at some boats and those people were, were, were really nice down there. Uh, just a, like a family owned small dealership. And, uh, and, and I ended up walking away that day uh, with a whole bunch of paperwork and, and all kinds of information on, on what I wanted to do and, and numbers. And then I went home and, and, did a little more research on the uh, exact electronics and, and things that I wanted to add on once I found out that I was going to be able to do that and ended up ordering the boat just a couple of weeks later. So, so if it, it, wasn't, it worked. If it wasn't the tracker, what, what were you looking at? You know, what, what was comparable that you were considering? I was looking at Crestliner uh, a lot and, and I looked at the Lund as well. Um, the truth is that, the Lund, for for what I was able to spend, the Lund was just going to be, for what I wanted size-wise, the Lund was going to be out of my personal price range. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they're very nice boats. They had a few more bells and whistles and some things that were nicer. I didn't look into a Lumacraft a whole lot, not for any reason. I just didn't. Uh, I mostly looked at Crestliner, Lund, and, and Tracker, um, and – the Crestliner was also they they uh, it was it was very very nice and, and comparable, but they just didn't seem to want to work with the uh, the price for me at all. Uh, when I talked to the guy online, or I mean when I talked to the guy on the phone, uh, kind of gave me a bad impression, and then I just went to the tracker dealership and ended up kind of going that route not going to say that was the 100 right decision and that somebody else should do that but that's no, that, that has a lot to do with me. it <laughs> here's, here's a question for you donnie uh just because i know yeah. from when we fished together this spring you added on a uh kicker later on in hindsight would you have done that right on the initial purchase or was that just kind of was that an oversight, or was that something you didn't realize you needed until until after? Well, the, that was that was the only problem with Tracker was for me was the boat that I wanted or was going to work for me size wise doesn't did not come stock with a kicker motor. You it, you weren't able to get you know that Tracker side console 16 from the factory with a kicker so it's going to have to be added on after market regardless and that was that was one of the negatives to the tracker for me as opposed to the crestliner which i could have got straight from you know uh straight from the market or straight from the dealer that way set up but i i knew that going in and i i consciously made that decision I will say in hindsight, I thought it wasn't going to be a big deal to me to not have that kicker because it ended up that I didn't have one all of last season and I got it put on in the off season this past year and ready for this season. And there were a lot of times that I was irritated last season that I hadn't just gone with something that I was going to be unlimited from the start. But I made it through and I'm I happy with it. Wasn't now. Sure. I wasn't sure if you had you know, no real intention to fish any horsepower restricted stuff or if it was a uh, kind of a, you know, something you didn't realize then and until after or whatever. But yeah. No, when I, 
when I purchased the boat, I knew I had intended on, I was going to get the kicker put on quickly after I actually got the boat, you know, new, but then there was also all of the craziness with COVID that kind of pushed that into, was uh, basically delayed (laughs) until the off season because by the time they would have been able to get it in, it was prime fishing season. And then I didn't want to take my boat and give it to them to do a kicker job while I could be fishing on it. So, you know, I got into kind of a catch 22 there. Whereas I will say to anybody, I mean, it would probably be better if you're buying new to get it set up the way that you like it. I am happy because I was able to get a kicker, the Tahatsu brand kicker, which would not have come stock on, you know, my boat, obviously. And I'm, I really like that motor. I'm, I'm a fan of those motors. I had a Tahatsu 20 on my old boat as well. Uh, so I do like that. I like that they're fuel injected, especially for trolling. Um, so again, you know, it, it worked out and I'm happy with how it worked out, but it was a pain to have to do that after the fact for sure. Did you have yeah. the, the dealership down in West Virginia do that or where'd you have that done? No. So I had the kicker job done locally at uh, Superior Marine in Calcutta, Ohio, which is only about 45 minutes from me. Um, okay. they, yeah, they did the kicker job there and he did a, a beautiful job with that. Uh, Josh, Josh Moore, I believe is his name. So, something, and it's something connected, Moore. connected Jason to the steering. Moore. I'm sorry. Jason Moore at Superior Marine in Calcutta. Uh, he's, he's a Tahatsu Mercury dealer and he does a lot of boat repairs. I'll give him a shout out cause he did that kicker job for me. He did it quick. And I think he did a fantastic job with it. I couldn't have been happier with that as well. So if you are going to do a kicker job like that, that would definitely be a place to check out, I would say. And is that, and that's uh, connected to your console steering? Yes. Yes. He did the full, uh, full control uh, connected to the, to the console steering. It's, it's, uh, fully set up it, it, it's perfect you if you didn't know any better you would think it was done at the factory okay that's that, that's interesting that's good to know man that's good to know because that, when i've when i'm i'm always looking looking at boats and whatnot and i and i always think that my because i have to have a nine nine because of my home mm-hmm. lake but i hate being restricted just to a nine nine i'd love to have a bigger engine for, for other, other lakes. But, you know, I, so I'm, I'm always looking at other boats and, and I know I have to have a nine, nine put on if I were to get another boat. So that's, that's a, that's a very good thing to know that there's someone out there, especially a Tahatsu dealer, because I have a Tahatsu on my boat and I just absolutely love it. I mean, the thing has been right. just beautiful. Yeah, they are great motors. I'm, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the Tahatsu motors. Well, they make sure. all the Mercury motors. I think it's under like twenty yeah. or under nine nine. Tahatsu makes them all, so it's just a Tahatsu with like a Mercury sticker on it, from what I hear. Right. Yep. I was told like everything you know that is anything. I think it's twenty five and under Mercury. Uh, I think even like Suzuki. I think Honda is the only one that that isn't like that. But I, I don't know. Who knows. So yeah, uh, I always hear that. I'm not sure if they're if the yeah. if that's actually a factual thing or not. 
Right. Uh, it just doesn't doesn't seem to make a ton of sense to me <laughs> that anybody would do that. Any companies would do that for, you know, with one manufacturer. But I mean, right. I've heard Especially that from a number of different places. Right. Be a rumor. But my, my one friend uh, went with the Hatsu power for their big motor and their kicker motor. And they, they love it. It's Ooh. a bigger Lake Erie boat, Crestliner, Kingfisher, I think it is, or something. But I don't know that I've ever yeah. seen a, a bigger Tohatsu. Yeah, I think he's got a 115 Tohatsu on it. It's either 90 or 115, but I mean, hmm. great motor. That's hmm. interesting. All right. Well, that's you rarely that's... hear complaints about them. That's Donnie's story. And so obviously you buying your first boat, you, you made an immediate switch by putting that kicker, by, by adding the kicker onto it. So you immediately okay. knew that you had done something, you had made a mistake, so to speak, and you went out and had that kicker put on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, and that was, like I said, for me, I knew – uh, just having like a nine, nine or boat with even like my, my old, boat, just a 20 and for how much I run the rivers and things like that, you know, a big motor was the most important to me. I, I, you know, and that's why I wanted to make sure I have that 75 on, on my tracker, but I also wanted to be able to get out on some of the lakes. And, and most of the time when I am doing that, I I'm trolling or, you know, even if I do cast, I'm not running from spot to spot the same way so uh a nine nine on the side for me i felt like was was the perfect compliment because i can it can get me out on those lakes i can drag some baits around if, if i want to to bump some subs or i can uh get on the river and i can get where i want to go in a pretty good amount fair amount of time and and cast the spots that i want to cast so overall uh you know my boat's set up for me pretty well at this point the it's the biggest thing like a dream what's that nick donnie's boat set up like a dream it's it's perfect thank you uh i do want to say that from my perspective you guys know i don't have a boat to talk about but the nice thing is i have fished on donnie's boat tom's boat owen's boat and i have seen nick i have seen the lund I believe that was your boat, correct? Yeah. So, it's you know, I've best viewed from afar. The shipmaster. Yeah, yeah. I've got the, I've got a good feel for how you guys are set up, and I've spent a lot of time, you know, on Charlie's boat. I've spent time on a number of boats, and I feel like, you know, that tracker probably doesn't get enough credit because I feel like. In general, people have this tendency to just like kind of skip over a tracker. But I will say that Donnie's boat, that particular model with the side console, I feel like from a trolling perspective, it really is, it does fish like a dream. Like it is really like an ideal setup. And, you know, we were talking before this, you know, the beam on that boat's like 88 inches. So, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a pretty solid beam for a boat. You know, and that's going to give you not only that stability, but it gives you a little bit of extra space there. And I feel like casting, you know, the front deck, casting the the back of the boat, casting the middle of the boat. We've we've done some of that too on the river, even recently with me, you, and Tom. 
I mean, it's, I would say that that boat is probably getting overlooked by a lot of people. I really honestly feel that. I feel like that boat is just very, very solid. And there's a lot of cool features, even down to like the simple, those uh, little tie downs for the rods, you know, that, that you've got on the back there to be able to, I mean, those things, it's just little features like that can make a huge difference. So I just want to kind of put some, give some input into that because I've been able to at least fish with all of you guys and, and there's different things that, you know, I can point out that are beneficial just from, from being on there and, and throwing a few baits. Now, Tom, and that's but Tom, uh, go ahead, Nick. Uh, one other cool thing I noticed on Donnie's boat that just to point out, it's got the, like a extruded aluminum track gunnel that, yeah. He's got his rod, or uh, he's got track pieces mounted right too, for his rod holder setups, uh, and that's just you know I mean nowadays those new almost every boat brand has their own you know proprietary track system or whatever, but that makes such a nice setup for you know throwing track on a boat pretty easily and a real sturdy setup. You're not clamping to rails and all kinds of goofiness. The way Donnie's got it set up is just real slick. It kind of is a low profile. You're not not catching on stuff. It's just a nice, nice all around. Yeah, that worked out really well. And I guess on that note, I got to give two shout outs real quick uh, because that was, you know, I bought that boat. I knew it had the inside track and I talked to, uh, I don't, I can't remember the guy's name, but I, I, give the company a shout out tracks tech uh i'm sure most of you guys heard of them obviously if you haven't they they sell a lot of track systems and, and track accessories for boats uh but the uh, you know i i was emailing back and forth with a, a sales rep there and the dude couldn't have been nicer was super helpful i told him exactly what boat i was getting and and the model and what i you know wanted and he emailed me back within like 24 hours, the exact brackets that I would need to mount to the, you know, the track to my track, if you will, because I was buying his tracks tech, you know, broad holder mounts, but I also needed brackets to go from those to my gunnel track. So, and he was able to let me know exactly what part numbers I would need and, and everything that I needed to order that. So I got that from him and it fit perfectly. It went together pretty easily. And then obviously uh, the other shout out is the fat AZ rod holders. Same thing. When I was getting all set up before on my old boat, I just had the uh, clamp on stuff, the salties that clamped right to the side of the boat and I twist them on and off. But I emailed uh, Andy Zomnik and uh, told him what I was getting. And he, again, he, he emailed me back real quick and kind of helped me let me know, you know, I, I talked to him about how I was going to troll and, and he kind of let me know what, you know, what angled and what straight mounts to go with. And, and I went and I bought exactly what those guys told me for the most part. And, and it's worked out really well for me. I've been really, really happy with it from a trolling standpoint. So, uh, and that was thanks to the guys at Tracks Tech and obviously Andy Fat AZ for kind of guiding me through that. So, okay, cool, very good. Well, I know Tom recently bought a boat. Uh, what two yeah, years yeah. ago now, Tom? Right? Two or three? Yeah, two or three, I think. 
three. So tell us, tell us about your your process. No God. Um, well, I mean, we probably could have talked about this like last week on the Musky Mistakes episode because I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I love <laughs> my boat, but like looking back, I would have done like a million things differently. Um, I mean, like starting off, I was like a diehard bank yanker. Like I knew absolutely nothing about like what I even wanted. Like I had to talk to, I, I talked to probably like a dozen people online, like just asking them like, Hey, what would you want if you were like doing the things I do? Cause it, at that point, the only boat I knew we had a 15 foot sea nymph with the Johnson on it that would like smoke out an entire launch ramp in the morning when you would start it. And I'm not mechanically inclined. So I wasn't about to like start taking my childhood boat that I used to use with my dad places and break down and have to like pop the cowling off and fix it on the water. Cause I don't know how. So I talked to you about this. I'm like, I just wanted something that I could turn the key and go. Like, I didn't care what it was. I wanted it to be cheap. I wanted it to be somewhat easy to handle since I had never driven like a trailer with a boat on it before. I wasn't about to buy like a 25 foot, like great lakes boat. So I wanted something like, cheap small like easy to tote around easy to trailer up easy to launch and to do that i went online and if you go on like trackers website or low or pretty much like any of the brands now you can pull up like all of their boat models and look at like really cool overhead shots of like all the compartments every like inch of that boat so I probably spent like a month doing that. Like every night I would just spend like hours online, like look, comparing all these boats, like opening, like using like the little interactive charts on the website to like open the wells and look at everything and like see if it was laid out how I want it to be laid out. And I did start with tracker like Donnie. And the thing is I wanted a 16 footer and the 16 foot tracker just like wasn't laid out how I'd like it to be laid out. So I forget who it was, but someone tipped me off the low. They were like, hey, you should check these out. They're like a, comp- like a competitor for Tracker. And at that time, I had I didn't even know low boats. I had no idea like they existed. Um, so I, and I landed on it. was called the Scorpion 16. It's like a little 16-foot modified V, like flat bottomy kind of bass boat. And the motor I got with it, I got a 20-horse, which I did that because a lot of the places like I fish locally – or limited to 20 or like, I don't know, I, like they used to be nine, nine and they up to the 15. And now a lot of these places are 20 horse. So I wanted something where I could fish these restricted lakes while still being able to like get around on the river and like bigger places. And my boat's a little too small to be doing the whole like kicker motor thing like Donnie did. So I had to go with like one motor and I had to pick. So I, I did the 20 so I could still fish all the local little tiny places I want to fish. And looking back, I mean, I call it the slow for a reason. It is not going to, like, knock your – burn your eyebrows off, like, when I throttle up. Like, we'll get where we're going, but it is not the fastest boat out there. So looking back, What's I might – What's What's that? What's the top out at? Um, well, with just me in it, I could, if I'm a lucky, I could hit, like, 25. And that's like giving it all she's okay. got with a light load. And then you add another body like you or Ryan Reed, and we're lucky to like hit 15. Well, Whoa, what are you trying to say? Well, first of I'm all, saying, uh, you had two big boys and two big boxes of musky baits, and she is not going to uh, beat anybody in a race, but she'll get there. Ryan Reed's not as light big as one club. No. 
<laughs> I mean, you. I have someone like Donnie on. He, Donnie's like a slim guy. We're not. I'm not going to be hurt too bad. But when I go, we got two big boys, and somebody packs as heavy as Ryan Reed does, that top speed starts falling off a little I, bit. Just <laughs> po- I just want to point this out. I've probably had. I've probably eaten my Donnie Swank weight at buffets before. Donnie, yeah. you're not. Yeah. Ryan Reed sheets <laughs> okay. that much in the morning. Ryan Reed shows up with his four buckets of death. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is what happens when you don't know what you're doing. You end up with like 5,000 musculars that you don't know how to use. So no. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, I mean, so basically I just, I, I went with the bass boat and I do like it because it's, it's, it's a small, I mean, you guys have been on it. It's a small boat. It's a, it's really close to the water, like your traditional kind of bass boat. And I got it. I got that against a lot of advice to get like a deep V like Donnie has. I went with like the flat bottom bass style boat, just with like the rivers in mind. And I get a lot, like in the summer, I can get up in a lot of like sketchy places with that boat. Like Owen's seen me, I'll kick up the outboard and like pick up the trolling motor and I can go in like an inch of water and I'll be all right. Like it's, and I I do like that about the boat, but at the same time, I I do, I get my salad a little bit tossed on bigger lakes. So I do wish (laughs) I kind of went with like a bigger boat, like Bonnie (laughs) with a little higher sides. But I mean, teach their own and I'm making it work. So what I did, like, you know me, I love my casting. So I took like this bass boat, this little 16 foot bass boat. And I'm like, how can I make this like trolling friendly? Like I didn't, I didn't want to exclusively troll with it, but I wanted to be able to troll while like maintaining the casting aesthetic, like having it all out of the way, having somebody casting on the back, on the front. I don't want like rod trees in the way and crap everywhere. And being a little boat, that's difficult. I mean, like, you have a big 18, 20-foot boat. You can really haul some gear. But in a little 16-foot boat, I mean, even three trolling rods take up a whole lot of room. So, like, I wanted to be real strategic about that. And to do that, I mean, I got I have to shout out Andy again from Fat AZ. I had no idea about how I would outfit this boat for trolling. So I went up to him at a show. And he was just like, give me a minute to think about that. And within like five minutes, he had this killer idea that we mounted tracks on the deck, like on the carpeted bass deck in each back corner of the boat. And I think they're like 36 inch tracks, which will hold like three holders on each side. And honestly, I'm never, ever going to be trolling more than six rods in this boat. So it's perfect. And I decided I'll just run them like I have the AZ holders on their six inch. I think it is their six inch riser. And I just load these tracks up. And when I'm not using the rod holders, I can put the holders under my seats. And then all you have are these tracks that are mounted pretty much flush to the back deck. So when you're not trolling, it's all totally out of the way. It still feels like you still have room. There's not trolling crap taking up room when you're trying to cast. And that worked out really well for me. So big shout out to them for recommending that. I I got to say, though, like that's pretty and that's pretty typical, you know, like I feel like Andy has helped me. I don't even have a boat. And I feel like talking to Andy, he's like adjusted my thinking on how to approach, you know, trolling and, you know, even looking at some of these boats that I've looked at, you know, with the gunnel, like not even just like looking at the gunnel, trying to prepare for what would need to be done to be able to get track, you know, tracks tax or just yeah. some some semblance of an easy holder because i mean let's let's be realistic here if we're trolling to me the industry standard right now is to me it's the az's guys will argue that but you know it, it's easy for us to say that because we're here in pa 
you know, those guys are right, right up North, but to me, that's the standard and you're not going to get better customer service. So I really feel like in your aspect for that boat, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty sweet little it was perfect. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't really have the option to do like the whole gunnel thing. Cause I mean, keep in mind this, it's bit, my boat is basically like a glorified John boat. Essentially it's a 16 foot flat bottom. It has a little bit of carpet and some live wells, but in the end it's like a John boat pretty much. So I don't have the option to do like these fancy rail mounts and all this kind of tracks tech stuff. So he, he really, I mean, his idea was awesome. And to this day, I love it. It's like one of the favorite, my favorite things about that boat. It's like how I can transition so easily between trolling and casting, even though it's only like a little 16 foot boat. So if you were going to, you know, you, you said you've obviously made some mistakes with it. Oh, like yeah. What would you, what would you do differently? Oh boy. How long do we want to talk about that? I mean, it's, <laughs> I'd say the motor, number one, the motor, definitely I'd want a little more horsepower back there. Well, it's all price. I mean, it's all everything has to be. I mean, we'd all want a bigger motor. Yeah, we all oh, want, yeah, sure. you know, right. a bigger boat. I for wanted sure. a 21 foot Ranger, you know, like, yeah, yeah so why? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll but be where you're going. But this, if anything, okay, even if I did keep the 20, I would have got the electric trim. I'll start there because manual trim sucks a lot, especially when your uh, lever's broken and you have to like reach inside the motor to trim it up which is my case. I can't use my little like hickey majig to trim it anymore. I have to like reach up in the freaking motor and grab a pin and lean into it and try to like not fall off the boat while I'm trimming it up. So I think I'd start there. I would get the electric trim if your budget allows. Um, I would definitely, I mean, I, I love the bass style boat, but like I said, when I'm on bigger water, like if I'm on like pimatuning or somewhere where like it can get some chop, I, it gets a little scary. I'm not saying I'm going to sink and I'm like fearing for my life, but it gets a little sketchier than I'd like it to be. And people did warn me about that right off the bat. They were like, with a 16 foot boat, you're going to like get your butt kicked in big water. And that, that just plays into like, I didn't have the experience toting around like a 20 foot boat. And I have a Jeep, so I'm, like, kind of limited on what, like, exactly I can tow. So I, I do like the 16-foot size. I would just say I would have maybe got, like, a V-style like Donnie has and definitely a little more power back there on the rear. And also, like Donnie said, get as much set up to how you like it as possible. Because at the time, I didn't even know what I liked, really. So I just, I kind of had it done, however it would come from the factory. And like the second I got it, I was looking at it. I'm like, oh my God, this boat's sweet. And then within like a minute, I'm already seeing things. I'm like, all right, well, I want to change this. I want to change that. I want to put different electronics on. Trolling motors got to go. This has to be added. This has to be moved. Like if I would have thought about all that stuff and got it done in one shot, it would have saved me so much headache. And I would have had more fishing time, like he said, because every addition you want done, is time that you can't fish like you have to take your boat in if you can't do it yourself you have to take it to somebody they have your boat for a week your buddies are all catching fish you can't go because your boat's in the shop it's like just do it all one in one shot if you can just suck it up figure it out did you did you put a trolling motor on yours this year no because i can't get it either back ordered okay that's right trolling motor electronics most important yeah agreed yeah and they really kind of screwed me right off the bat so i i knew that i wasn't going to use the stock fish finder that comes with it 
which was like one of those little like basic like goldfish cracker silhouette fish finders that show you like <laughs> you have a goldfish at five feet. So yeah, so I, t- I told them, I'm like, don't dash mount it. I want it just all- even just leave it in the box if you can, like, because I'm just going to get rid of it and I'm going to p- upgrade my electronics. But they dash mounted it. So then I had like a gaping five inch hole in my dashboard that I had to like take a little time to patch up and do something cool with it. But yeah, just like he said, right off the bat, get as much done how you want it as possible. There's not a lot of dealerships around here and there's not a lot of ability to custom custom yeah. order things right now because of what's going on, you know, in the world. Yeah. You really can't if I get I'm sure five years ago you could go online and do the build your own boat and actually get that boat. But yeah. now I mean it's a total crapshoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so I would just do as much as you can at once. It sucks and it's overwhelming, but you'll you'll be happy you did it all in one shot. Yeah. The other thing to point out right now about looking at boats, what I've been dealing with aside from lack of inventory is that everything is super expensive. You know, what you're 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 essentially paying more even for electronics right now just because of demand. Yeah, And it's driving costs up and that's making it very difficult for me right now to essentially settle on what I'm looking for. And you have to be very reactive with the market right now because dealerships aren't necessarily getting boats in. They might get like three units of the specific model you're looking for with like random motors on it at this point. Like one might have a Honda, one Mm -hmm. might have a Yamaha, you might have a Merc on the other one. You know, it still might be the same model, like side console, if you know, whatever it is like, but you're also paying more because of lack of other things. And then there's other things that aren't available that you, you know, it's just, it's just a giant yeah. mess right now. Yep. Yes, it is. I've been trying to get a Tarova for like a year and a half now. What's a guy got to do? If anybody out there has a Tarova they want to sell me. Yeah. For the record, me. love my Tarova too. Love the Tarova. Spot lock. Well, that's yeah. another thing, too, that I didn't anticipate in that little, like, 16-foot boat. I was thinking, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get my boat. I'm going to go out, and I'm going to fish. And then I didn't realize that, like, a 10-mile-an-hour wind will just, like, kick your butt in a 16-foot boat. Oh, yeah. And, I'm, and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a ninja with the foot pedal, but there's, like, only so much you can do without spot lock in a little boat like that. So the smaller the boat, it's almost like spot lock. more necessary. Spot lock. Yeah, spot lock it. Smaller the <laughs> boat, like the more necessary, I think. Yeah, that's definitely uh, on my next boat, or if I should upgrade my, my trolling motor, it's definitely going to be a Tarova with spot lock, but... Same deal, man. You just can't find those things anywhere right now. And if you can't afford it, carry an anchor. Poor man's spot. Yeah. If we're talking budget boats, go to Walmart, get yourself a $12 anchor, and you kind of have spot lock. That's true. That's what I was I thinking about. Uh, like, it's an anchor like Nick does. Nick loves to catch anchors. Yeah, I got extra anchors if you need one, Tom. Nice. I hear yeah, you. I got a few, too. I got a thirty-pound. Uh, I've heard. I heard you guys yeah, caught some big ones this year. Oh yeah, trophies. Right. Thank I you. got another Thank one you. this year, though. I got a thirty-pounder out of pontooning. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Trophy. That's worth. I was with Charlie. 
on the oh, meatball too. Shout out to Chaucer first. Wow. Did it have any additional baits other than yours on it? It did not. I thought for sure it was going to because it was right off Tuttle Point. I figured I couldn't have been the only one to hit it, but apparently it wasn't there that's too like long. You, that's the real excitement for me is if I if I snag something that's like coming into the boat, that's always, you know, cross the fingers that there's some trophies on it. So far, that one was pretty wild. With the cold water combo on it. <laughs> really? Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And a tough shad, tough shad, and a Okuma cold water on it. Oh man, I think I'm I done. Old I know the anchors fight pretty hard, but you've never had like a true rodeo until you've hooked like an old barge rope in the river because they weigh like 5,000 pounds and you can get them up off the bottom. And as soon as you let off them, they fall back right to the bottom. And you're like fighting this 20 foot long rope that's like the diameter of like a basketball. Those puppies fight. You got to get that in. It's probably got more baits on it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've caught quite a few of those. Never caught an anchor yet. I always get terrified. What was that, Larissa? You're talking much louder. Sorry. I said I think next week's topic should be things you've caught that aren't musky or even alive. Oh, God. Oh, man. That could be a good one. I snagged a boat on the bottom. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Which is where it should be. I've caught a bicycle Um, and a shopping cart. Nice. That's impressive. That is impressive. Those are treasures. I'm always terrified of what I might bring up in the river. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid someday it might be a body or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. So far, it's been a huffy stopping cart. And I've it caught some of those large ropes as well, but yes. Scary. Charlie, Sometimes I just one, cut uh, my line. Last week, Char- Bruce Willis movie where he's, where he's the cop on the river down in Pittsburgh. Uh, Bruce Willis, uh, oh, striking distance. Yeah. yeah, striking distance. That's it, yeah. Charlie, Charlie caught my rod that I threw in the river last week. <laughs> did he? He did within uh, you just 10 minutes. To be cool. Yeah. Rods in. Oh, yes. I threw a little hissy fit and threw my. No. I uh, I think I had like one too many twisted <laughs> I tees. I had one too many twisted tees and the hands got a little slippery and uh, had a little backlash and the rod went flying. And 10 minutes later, Charlie, we dropped the waypoint and Charlie, yeah. shout out Charlie, saved me about 400 bucks on a setup. Listen, that's wow. not that's not what I heard happened. What I heard was somebody was in the front of the boat shining one's Crocs and the, you know, the, the shining material here is what caused that rod. It can make yeah, your hands slippery. Yeah, the fire, the fire the gel. The uh huh. Those shining musky poop right. off rocks and mm-hmm. a little too what? carried away. Owen, I want to hear about your boat, Nick. My boat or Nick's boat? Whatever, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> this is a circus, the, by the way. The, 
to get back on the to get back on the topic we were talking about, when Owen and I were in Canada, the guide we fished with, Reagan, he had an Altera, and that was just like a dream for for fishing with. You know, I mean, he just with that one, he could set it right on to follow the same track with a buffer distance of you know. I mean, I think he was using like plus or minus twenty feet you know, left or right of the previous track. So he, we could hit the same line casting over again. I keep, that's been uh, like burning in my mind for, for an upgrade. Yes, that's a good point. I mean, that was a, that was a really, really, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize what he was really doing in the back of the boat because he would, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're on pretty big water out there and he's in the back of the boat casting. Reagan is. And here it was because we were in, we were at a place where he could just put not on spot lock, but on autopilot. And it would just track all the different times he's, he's fished in that area, you know, and, and keep it within a, a 10, a 10 foot radius of that, of that track. And I mean, talk about convenience, man. That was, that was amazing. Plus, we already know a little bit on on repair of them. Yeah. Got to yeah. see that firsthand. Yeah, after so we had like a bit of a here. bit of an incident. <laughs> so, Nick, tell us tell us a little bit about your boat and your setup. Oh, uh, oh. the hot rod. Oh. So it's a 1983 Lund, Mister Pike, vintage. What I would call it. Uh. It's actually my friend Andrew's boat. We kind of have like shared custody to a lot of the, you know, TLC and whatnot. We changed the floor in it last winter, which after doing that, it was like surprisingly easy. I kind of thought it would be kind of a daunting task, but that's where like to jump ahead of myself. I think my next boat, I would hope to find my, my ideal find would be like a, you know, that the old Lund, like a 17, 18 foot fisherman or tie that somebody's like relegated to live in a field and then I would just get it super cheap, redo it top to bottom, you know, new floor, new transom, whatever. It's easy, you know, I mean, it was like a great wintertime project for me and uh, just go through it top to bottom. So, the the hang up I always have is the aluminum is kind of like what I look for for going to Canada and we do a lot of like uh, shore excursions on granite so don't think a is that what you call it yeah oh <laughs> shore excursions so the aluminum's kind of like a requirement <laughs> for uh... Tom tries to get me to go on shore excursions the first all the time the oh yeah. A little different. Yeah. All my family has is aluminum boats because. Right, they can take a beating. Yeah, you sit them off the shore, whatever. Yeah. Fine. Bolt a new lower end on it. Well, not to interrupt you, Nick, but that reminded me of a mistake I made with mine. So I got a mine's aluminum too, but my stupid ass got it painted black. Like that was one of the things that jumped out at me is you can pick any color you want. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get black and it's going to match the Jeep. 
And then I realized if you even like touch the gunnel with a hook, the black paint chips, yeah, it looks like garbage. So if you're gonna have your quote shore excursions where you're beaching a boat, maybe don't go with like black or fancy paint like I did. Maybe go unpainted. Just be like, just be like the guy in uh, what is that? Mad Max Fury Road. Keep a can of black spray paint. Hit your yeah. teeth. Hit the gunnel. Exactly. Whatever you want. Yeah. You know, the Canadian thing to do is to paint your boat in like a fluorescent orange, and then when you hit the shoal, you mark it for the next person. Right. Uh, okay. okay. Your paint is a is a guy's yeah. brothers. Like, be nice about it. Don't make it black. I got you. I could try that. Aluminum skeg trails across rocks up there. Like a a homing beacon. Nice. But yeah, that, so, uh, so the current boat is a Lund Mr. Pike. It's like a 16, I think it's technically a 16 and a half. Uh, it's very narrow, the old ones are. I think it's only like a 60, I want to say 64 inch beam. Uh, we it originally had a 35 two stroke Johnson on it, but we switched that out. The, it had the old school controls with a a forward or a yeah forward reverse neutral shifter, and then the throttle was a separate shifter instead of the like all in one engages as you as you rev up. So last hmm. when we changed the floor out, we picked up a Yamaha T8 with uh, controls and uh, electric trim, everything. So we put that on it, and then we were good to go on all the nine nine lakes. There are most of the ones around us there, like Canadota, Woodcock, uh, Sugar Lake. Yeah, and then Pyman Two means twenty, but. So all our like nearest lakes are mostly all horsepower restricted. Do you have so a that, trolling motor you know, on that? To... Yeah, we have a little uh, Maxim on it, which is just a foot control on off. Not much, not much oomph to it. It's a fan from Walmart, and yeah. you just kind of lean over the side of the boat. That's right. Yeah. And... Gets you where you're going. <laughs> the uh, it's not ideal for casting because of the deep V. It's like a little too high of sides. Uh, maybe if I was going to do the floor again, I, I might raise the front casting deck up. But I just went with, you know, the stock floor heights when I redid it. Uh, but, yeah, I'd say, it, you know, I mean, for for what we've got in it, it's a can't complain about it at all. Gets where you're going, catches lots of fish. You got to close quarters. You got to kind of be comfortable with whoever you're fishing with. You're going to be close by anytime you're, you know, switching front to back for nets and stuff like that. But I wouldn't want to be in a larger boat in French Creek. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you're fishing in creeks and stuff, it'll go anywhere. Do anything. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's not a lot different than mine. I mean, you know, you've been in mine, Nick. I mean, it's, you, it's, it's close quarters. I mean, it is, it is not a big boat. That's for sure. Hold on. I got to stop right now. Nick, did you just say, did you just say that your boat is a Leatherman? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jack of all trades. Okay. I just, I do it all. I thought I've been, I heard... out, I've been out to 
been out to 130 feet in Lake Erie, lake trout fishing. I can do anything. Literally skimming it over a couple logs in French Creek. Yep. Pushed it over, you know, log jams in the creek with a paddle. Anything you want. We can go anywhere. Well, that's a real guide. That is a real guy. Oh, I like it. That's that's phenomenal. <laughs> Go ahead, Owen. Before Ryan so rudely interrupted you, I'm sorry. God, where was that going? <laughs> you were going to talk about your boat now. Oh, the the Jim the James what, the gym boat. Yeah. So your boat yeah, is so, ideal for cast. It is, but it's not ideal for much of anything else. That's the problem. Is I, you know, I, right. when I when I was looking for a boat, I wanted something small. I knew I needed a nine nine on it because of my lake, uh, and you know, I just wanted something that I could just you know go out on on my little lake and and cast off of, you know, and and it would be quick and easy, and I wanted something simple, so. In doing that, or in looking for that, I found this little boat that was for sale out in Indiana County. And for the life, for the for the love of God, I cannot for I cannot remember what the hell the manufacturer name is of my Hoplite. boat right now. Hoplite. That's yeah. it. Hoplite. Jeez, you guys both know it like off the top of your head. So yes, it's the Hoplite Predator 16. So it's 16 foot. Um, I want to say it's a 72 inch beam. And it's basically a casting platform. Like that's all it is. It is, it's just one big platform. And if I had one, the, my, my biggest complaint of it uh, is that there is no uh, drop between the casting deck and uh, I guess your gunnel. Like there is, it's, it's like a quarter, it's like a quarter inch roll. You know, like think about your at the at the bottom of your baseboards and like a quarter, quarter, a quarter roll, whatever that is. That's about mm -hmm. how much room you have off of the deck of my boat. So if you just step wrong, I mean, I've lost Crocs off of there. I've lost, Oof. you know, everything falls off. If you just like not like just touch it, it'll it'll go flying off my freaking boat. So it's it's really not the Crocs. No, yeah. they float. It's yeah, okay. They float. They float. my eyes, but not the Crocs. <laughs> they float, man. They float. I, I've on multiple occasions, I've had to turn the boat around while trolling and go get Crocs because as I'm checking weeds, you know, I'm, I'm checking all my, my trolling lines for weeds and my Croc gets caught on something and goes flying. <laughs> boom. It's out of the boat. Yep. Can I yeah. ask? Can I ask a serious question about this? Do you guys ever, as you're rolling up to your the croc that just completely flew off the side of the boat, do you guys ever just think about taking one of those pictures and being like, "There was a croc sighted on the lake today." <laughs> well, there were two wild crocs spotted in Stonewall this spring when I fell off the boat with Tanner. Shout out Tanner Esker. We, uh, I fell in off the boat and I had like GoPro batteries, a GoPro, a cell phone, like all kind of electronics. And the first thing when my head came above water, I was like, I lost my Crocs. I lost my Crocs. <laughs> and it, I swear the water was like 45 degrees. I like couldn't breathe when I hit the water. We, luckily Tanner hopped on that trolling motor and we spotted both of the wild Crocs. They were, they were snow camo too. So not the easiest to spot. But we circled back oh, wow. around and we got those puppies because they did, do float. 
the gibbets were shimmering in this in the sun yeah, exactly. enough for you to net them bad boys yep sorry so everyone sorry. be careful be careful this weekend that uh you know if you're on my boat you got to secure things like don't <laughs> don't leave anything just sitting around on the deck because it doesn't take much to knock that thing off okay but my it... shoes have laces so i'm not worried <laughs> yeah i i've never lost a shoe while fishing <laughs> to imagine you're not fishing hard enough these are two wheel drive all, problems. I I can't complain about my boat. I mean, it's it is it perfect? No, is it, it you know, it, it certainly is not fancy. I mean, it is anything but fancy. But it gets the job done, like Nick said, you know, about his boat. It'll get you out there. It'll get it done. No, it doesn't handle, you know, heavy water. It doesn't it doesn't handle big chop because it is basically a bass boat in the sense that it's just a casting deck. You know, it's not a deep V. There's no, it's not a V at all. Um, but so I, if what, I, I want to do it again, like with, go ahead, Nick. With, with your lake, I mean, it's like the ideal setup there. You know, I mean, you're never getting waves or if, and if you are, it's nasty enough out. You don't want to be out fishing anyhow. So, yeah. you know, I mean, with your, the fact that you got your cabin there, you're not, it's not like you're, you know, going to bigger lakes or anything like that. So you're, you know, I mean, it's perfect really for, for that, that niche. It is. Um, I, I really do think that I, I just kind of like being in a deep V a little bit better. Just it, just in the sense of, it gives you a little bit like the way you're sitting down as opposed to like, I feel like on my boat, I'm sitting on my deck. You know what I mean? Like I am up top. I am, I, I'm not down in a boat. I, I feel like I'm like almost on a skiff. Yep. And I mean, and that's, that's cool at times. Like when it's, when it's really calm and, and things are, are really nice out. Yeah. It's cool to be on a skiff, you know, but if it's, if, if you're trying to, if it's windy, if there's anything going on, no, like uh, the skiff is not exactly what you want to be on. So, I, I mean, and also, I would love to have a bigger engine, you know, to take it to different lakes. But as I mean, I might I may have fished, including the whole week in Canada, I might have fished 100 hours this year, if that probably 80. So for me to say, oh, I should go buy a bigger boat because I'm going to trailer it and fish some other lake. Come on, I'm not even fishing the lake that I have a cabin on and I have a boat sitting out front. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, come on, let's be realistic, Owen. Like, you, you, that's just not something that I need right now. I have, I have enough shit in my life to deal with. I don't need to go upgrade <laughs> my boat. I think that's a good point, though. I mean, you know, just as I'm looking at boats and I'm getting to fish with all of you guys and I'm... I'm fishing with guides like like Doug and Banging Bottom and Vance with with uh, Muddy Creek and Todd with Muddy Creek and I'm on some of these Ranger boats and and Doug has a Tai you know Lun Tai it's a beautiful boat you know I get to spend time with Donnie on the tracker and and Charlie on his Alumacraft and spent time with Tom and Owen and, and all of you guys and it's like you know Dan and his Alumacraft it's a an escape you know, I'm getting all of these like different viewpoints essentially. And, 
kind of really getting a feel for how all of those models fish. And what it's doing is it's kind of giving me a better idea for where I want to be. But like, Owen, the reason I, I wanted to say this is like, you don't really, even though sometimes you want to position yourself to kind of grow into a boat, it's still about finding the right fit for you and really what you need. And maybe, maybe not so much what you want is we all want the Ranger. We all want those bigger, you know, glass, beautiful boats, but it's not always what we need and what, you know, what fits our fishing and fits our lifestyle. And it, you just have to ask you, like, that's the first thing I would have done is like, ask myself, like, where do I want to fish? That is like the biggest question. Cause like Owen's boat, my boat, it is like the perfect boat for the little lakes. Like he said, like a calm day on a small lake with like a horsepower restriction water's like glass calm and you're casting like there's nothing better than being in a boat like ours now you go to like pima tuning on a day where there's like 15 mile an hour winds and you like can't get back to the dock fast enough you're right it's almost unfishable in a boat like ours yeah so you just have to ask yourself like where am i going and what am i fishing for and tailor it to that and the more i think about it you know when nick and i went to canada you know, I had thought about, like, we had talked about trailering a boat up there, you know, and Tom, when you were going to come, we had talked about trailering, you know, possibly trailering yours up there. And it's like, okay, do I want to buy a bigger boat for, to trailer it up to Canada for one week a year to use it for that one week? You know what I mean? Like, is, is it, is, would it be worth it for me to do that as a, opposed to just keeping my small boat keeping it on my lake and not taking it anywhere which is and then when i go to canada i rent a boat which is i mean nick nick and i thoroughly enjoyed the rental boat that we use i mean it had a a bow mount trolling motor and uh definitely needed some more horsepower but you know it it was a situation where i didn't need to to tow a boat up there to to fish it so that's another thing that makes me think "Eh, you don't need a you don't need to get a bigger boat right now this little this little thing you have here is is just fine. It'll do. Yeah, I think this process is intimidating. You know, the, what I'm feeling is very intimidated through some of the process, just basically looking at, you know, I, I wish we were in a better position inventory-wise so I could really kind of get eyes on mo- multiple boats. But well, that's why right. I think I, I think you looking into at pre-owned boats is something to – to really think about because you can buy something pre-owned and it be your starter boat, you know, where you don't have to finance it over, you know, X amount of years and it costs you so much money, you know, you buy something that that's kind of how I felt about my boat was like, if I really like this, I, cause, cause I didn't have to finance it. It's this thing was so cheap. I mean, I could just go buy it. You know, this is a $5,000 boat this is not a uh you know a twenty five thousand dollar boat mm-hmm. so i was able to just do that and, and and knowing that if i want to go and buy something new i haven't already financed a one that i didn't like do you know what i mean yeah no i get that i just you know after fishing with multiple people and multiple boats and all, i mean i've been all over the map on on this thing but i think i i've the reason that I want to go new and people have told me, you know, sometimes it's better to go new because of the same thing Donnie ran into, you know, you want to go and get everything you want up front, roll it in, you know, pay as much as you can on it and, and just get, 
get it while you can get it and get what you want on it from, you know, from a reasonable standpoint, you know, I'm not saying for me to go out and buy a Ranger with, you know, uh, with all of the bells and whistles, but there are different classes of those types of boats that might be a little bit more manageable. I just feel like for me buying a new boat makes sense to be able to get what I want on it, fish the way I want and not really with the lack of experience, like Nick's talking about putting in a new floor with my lack of experience there, you know, maybe I want to get something that I wouldn't have to worry about those types of things up front, but you know, also with the, the increase in pricing and how hard it is to get things, you know, even if I, I placed an order, you know, if an allocation became available right now and I placed an order, let's say in January, I'm not going to have that, that order until well into 2022 right now, based off of what inventory is. So, you know, I, I, I would be, I would be surprised if you had it, if you had a boat before the start of the season next year, if you right. ordered it like tomorrow. Right. And and that's why that right there is why a used boat is appealing, you know, that and the pricing and especially if it's your first boat, like if you have, if you've been like driving a boat since you were five years old and like, you know, everything about boats and you're confident in backing a boat and docking a boat, like go for the shiny new boat. But like, I know I wasn't when I first got, I got my shiny new boat and then I got it on the water and realized like, Oh shit, wait, I never like docked a boat by myself. And I remember like two weeks in, I was launching the boat and I was helping some kid. He got his minnow trap, his stupid little $3 minnow trap snagged like at the, at the dock at the launch. And me being the incredibly nice guy I am, I decided to help him. And I hit that boat off that dock. So I, I, I was in throttle, forward throttle, and I hopped up on the front deck to grab like the rope of his minnow trap. And I forgot that I was in gear. And dude, I hit that dock so hard. I think I dislodged it. I think I like knocked it free from the bottom <laughs> of the river. It put a gash right in the side of this brand new shiny paint. Like if you're a new boat operator, like there's nothing wrong with getting a used boat. Get one that you're not scared to like get some bumps and bruises and take it on shore, shore excursions like Nick does. And That's exactly how I feel about my boat. Like I, I just, it's a when I decide to buy a new one, it's, it'll be, I'll know what I want. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with that. Cause I, I can say, you know, uh, I'm pretty happy with my boat that I have currently, but like I said, when we were talking about it, uh, you know, my first boat, it was not set up the way I wanted it. And it was, it was tough to fish out of and, and I learned what I wanted and you kind of develop your style of fishing too. And like, like Tom said earlier, you got to factor in where you want to fish and, and how you fish is a big factor in, in what kind of boat is going to work for you. And, you know, like I knew that I wanted to be able to get around on the rivers, but I still wanted to get out on the lakes and I like to troll a little bit, but I still want to have a lot of open areas for casting and, and everything like that works well on my boat for the most part. You know, it's not the, the, best boat on the market as far as you know like like we've talked about it's no uh range or anything like that but i'm very happy with it and you know it came from uh having to fish off of the sylvan for a number of years and kind of figure out how hard it is to to fish in the river and current with a trolling motor that that doesn't have spot lock and things like that and like 
know that if I want to fish these spots, this is what I need to, to fish it effectively. But you got to be able to also just do what works for your budget as well, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a catch twenty two of being able to get what you want and and stay within your budget. And that's that's how I landed with where I you know what with what I have and still you know I've been fishing with it for two seasons now and. Tr- Truthfully, there's not a lot on it that I would change on my boat. Uh, there's a couple more things I'd like to add down the road, but I'm uh, I'm pretty happy with the setup that I got, and uh, it works well for for my style of fishing. I think so. Um, you know, that um, uh, I, guess I do I'm want you to. It's important. I'm sorry. I do ahead, want Owen. you to bring it next weekend. Like bring it bring it to the to Hunks weekend because. I'd like to see the setup and, and, you know, because, because that is definitely one that I've been looking at if I were to, you know, get a bigger boat and right. I would need a nine, nine on it, like you have. So I, I've, I've always been interested to see how a nine, nine kicker, I guess, handles a, like moves a boat like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it out and we'll uh, get out on it. And, uh, you can, test it out and play with it and see what you think. But also cool. for Ryan, you know, I feel like you're in a, in a unique position. Uh, like the way you were talking about all these different people that you've been able to fish with, because again, uh, I, I keep saying it because I think it's really important. Like knowing how you fish and, and how you want to fish is something that, you know, like when I bought my last boat, when I bought my used boat, and started musky fishing like I knew I wanted to musky fish but I didn't know what you know I didn't really know what that fully entailed you know what I mean like or how yes. I want to fish uh and that took time to kind of figure out that you know how I want to troll and how I want to set that up or, and and how and what I need to cast where I want to cast effectively and all that stuff and, and it comes with time so for Ryan to be able to get out with all these different guys and, and really see, you know, what he likes to do and what, what he enjoys doing. And it, it makes it, you know, it puts you in a really good position to get, you know, something that's going to work well for you right out of the gate that a lot of guys don't necessarily have that opportunity. Right. Well, boys, Hey, I I'm getting text messages from my wife saying that I got to uh, get upstairs and, and help get my kids to bed. So mm. I, I'm going to have to bail out of this after, after an hour and a half here, but this has been, I've, I, I think this has been a very, very good conversation about, about boats for anybody that would be in the market f- as a weekend warrior uh, in the market for a boat that you can fish in the local lakes here in Western Pennsylvania, because the horsepower restriction is something you're going to have to deal with. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, you can't buy a boat in Pittsburgh and not worry about a horsepower restriction, unless you are only going to fish the lakes or go to Chautauqua places like that. I mean the rivers, I'm sorry, yeah. go to Chautauqua. Um, so I, I think this has been a really good conversation as to you know, what your possible options are and what you can, what you can look into and Ryan, Hey, you're the next one up, man. So you gotta, you're the next yeah. one buying a boat. Well, I can tell you, I know exactly what I want to buy now. And I, I've, I've formulated this. I spent, uh, I spent some time at Haynes Marina over there in Ohio and I've talked to a lot of different dealerships and, and honestly the best experience I've had so far was at Haynes. So I kind of know what I, what I want 
Um, I kind of know how I want to fish and, you know, a lot of it is trying to figure out what you can afford with, you know, the, the way they explain this to me is looking at the beam of the boat, try to figure out where, what model class you want to be in based on size, what you can afford and get up in the boats, you know, walk around, get a feel for which, how you want to fish, how they fit. And, you know, that's the type of place that that's willing to work with you. So I Ryan, think I'm check a, out, yeah. check, check out charles mill uh, charles mill marina in ohio that's where i got my pontoon boat last year and they were just unbelievable uh they delivered it to pennsylvania no charge uh you know while i couldn't get a pennsylvania a one particular pennsylvania dealership to (laughs) to get to get me a pontoon boat despite a very large uh down payment charles mill marina in ohio got me a pontoon boat no questions asked despite it being mid pandemic and in everything going on. So I know they do do fishing boats. I don't know what, uh, you know, what models they carry, but I think that's definitely worth, worth checking out. Yeah, for sure. And if I, you know, if it's one of those things where I go another year without making a purchase on a boat, I'll just keep bumming rides from all of you guys throughout the year. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll bump some subs with Donnie and we'll, we'll chase some tigers with Tom. We'll get out there and cast the Dota with, with Owen and, and Nick can take me on a full guided trip up there on Edinburgh Lake. Cause I've not been up there yet. So we will just keep, we'll just keep stealing seats, baby. That's what we're going to do. Oh. We'll steal some well, seats. He doesn't well, want some spots. Burner, does he? Wow. All right, boys. All right, Owen. All right, Owen. I'm out of here. Take care, fellas. See you next week. All right, what do you guys want to do with this? So we want to. Didn't we? Weren't didn't our listener buddy? He asked us like for tips on how to make your cheap boat better. Like, isn't that what we were? Some little like (laughs) add-ons and little hacks and stuff. Are we? Well, did you say our question? Yeah, our listener, our, our one listener that asked, that listens. Did right. he ask a question? Our one listener. Our yeah. solo we listener. just have him on the channel next week. Yeah, he might as well be a host. Well, listen, Cody, Cody wanted to know, you know, what are these, like, essentially, what are these things that we do or you guys do to make your boat work? You know, Tom, you talked about some of that with the trolling setup. Yeah, well, well, the first I was putting notes in my phone like a madman earlier. Um, then you actually said one. Yeah, yeah. You you said earlier about the rod ties, and you can get those online. Oh yeah, Yeah. like the 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 little like rod ties in Donnie's tracker, and I think I have some in mine too. And then I have one that I use to like strap my net down. You can get them on like eBay or Amazon. You type in like elastic rod holder or something. They're like ten bucks. I think they're they make them for kayaks too. You can buy them in like sets of two or four, and you can put them all over your boat if you really wanted to. And those those are really nice too, because I mean, when you're when you have that low gunnel like Owen and I have on our bass style boats. Like it's easy to bounce. If you hit a wave or the right way, you're going to bounce a rod out. So it's good to have your rod strapped down. And if it doesn't already come with that, that's a real cheap, easy add on you can do to make it a little nicer. Yeah. I, I will say one of the things he had mentioned, you know, was the areas that we felt that you could cheap out on things and get away with it. I think it's a fair assessment to say you do not want to cheap out on your electronics. 
and or your trolling motor, particularly if you're going to be casting, you know, yeah. so don't buy an undersized trolling motor. You know, if you know you're going to be casting the river and it's, it's not going to be able to handle it. You know, if you, if you want features like if you want to be able to yell spot lock and you want to be able to do that <laughs> and spot lock your boat, then you might want to, you know, take a look at and see what else you can cut. <laughs> yeah, I think they should make that a feature, like how you can yell at your GoPro to turn on and off. You should be able to yell at your trolling motor to spot lock. They should make it like a Bluetooth feature. You could just scream it and it would work. Yeah, but I mean, I, that's like, one thing. Like, but actually, uh, I can, I, never... can I cut in real quick? Because this one thing, uh, here's a, a little, as Tom likes to say, maybe a hack uh, of a way that I kind of cheaped out on my electronics, if you want to say that, uh, and was able to save a few bucks because I know that I'm going to want to upgrade my electronics again. We always do. Uh, I I went back and forth and instead of buying a unit for my uh, console where I drive and a unit for my bow for, for casting, uh, what I did is uh, my trolling motor, the Tarova comes with a built-in down imaging transducer in it. So I was able to just add another ram mount on my bow and essentially just a power cord for my uh my helix 10 to you know my battery and i can move that unit from the bow to the console and i can get away with you know having only one unit as opposed to having multiple and that saved me you know 2500 bucks or whatever yep. the price of a helix 10 is which i thought at the time i know if I buy two Helix 10 Gen 3s when they're brand new in 2020, in 2021 or 2022, when the Gen 4 with live imaging comes out, I'm going to want to buy it anyway. So, you know, yeah. I was trying to look long term and the fact that I can then, you know, move my current, uh, you know, unit to the bow and get a new unit, you know, for the console or however, but it is a way to maybe save a few bucks. I'm not going to say, you know, it's something that you have to do, but it works. I can move it back and forth and, and I have a unit on both in both places, essentially. Yeah. And I kind of, I mean, I kind of, I was going to say is the, uh, like with the electronics and your, your trolling motors, say you've, you've got a boat that's not your ideal boat you can upgrade that stuff. And then when you do find a boat that you like more or, you know, fits your niche a little bit better, you know, if it's not necessarily a new boat that's fully outfitted, you can just swap that stuff to the next one. You know I mean? A yep. lot of people don't, aren't really interested in, in that stuff coming with a used boat anyhow. So yeah, rod holders, electronics and trolling motor can all, all move boat to boat. Yep. I kind of did what yeah, the cheap out on Electron. I mean, I, I don't have one unit that I move around, but I actually I talked to Vance from Fat AZ about units because I, I was totally clueless with fish finders too when I got mine. And what he recommended, and what I, I really like it so far. So I still have my cheapo troll. I have like a $300 motor guide trolling motor up front, doesn't have spot lock. And on that, I have just my basic old 2D imaging, like your standard old chart with 
it's like a $200 helix or something like a helix five. And I have the transducer for that mounted onto the trolling motor. And then in the back, I have the transducer for my side imaging and I have that helix dash mounted on a Ram mount and a Ram mount. If you've never seen them, they're like a ball and socket. So you can spin them and tilt them. And so when I'm driving, I'm able to look at my helix and look at my GPS and stuff. And then say I'm, I get to my spot, I'm going up to the front deck to cast just spin that around and I'm able to look right there. I mean, I looked them, I go up the cast and I looked at my right and down and that dash unit's right there. I just spin around. So that was like a really cool way he saved me from, you know, buying like, a, like two units for the front and one for the dash. And you can just swivel that one around and look at it. And, and by keeping the cheap one up front on the trolling motor, I mean, your trolling motor, if you're fishing a lot, you're going to be banging that thing off everything. So I didn't really want to put like a, $1,000 transducer on my trolling motor and knock it off on like the first rock I hit. So I just kept that cheap. And that way I'm able to look down to my left. I have my regular, I have my depth and I can see like the bottom shape and I look to my right and I have my down imaging side imaging GPS, whatever. So that was like a really cool little hack he gave me. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's, that's all stuff that, that makes sense, you know, to me that when I'm thinking about this, cause I, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, again, how do you want to fish? Like if you're going to, if you're going to cast, sometimes it's nice to have, you know, that electronics up on the bow of the boat, you know, like yeah. I know some of the, like I fished with Mark King recently and I love his Lund. Um, he's got, you know, the foot pedal for the, the trolling motor up front. You know, it's like having that electronics up there is, is a huge deal when you're up there running the boat. But like, you know, for me, knowing how much I want to troll, I think I would be more open to something like what you guys are, you know, what you guys are talking about there to save. Cause I mean, 2,500 bucks, is a huge deal. You know, a thousand bucks is a huge deal. You know, yeah. we're not, we're not, uh, we're not making, you know, we make money, we work, we have families, we've got houses, we've got car payments and school loans and all that stuff. Like some of us, you know, it's, it's tough when I look at this thing, you know, I'm trying to, fit it into my life, you know, number one, and with a, with a payment, but also fit it into my life with time. Because when you make that investment, you don't want to sit there, have it sit there in a driveway for eight months and say, man, I really wish I wouldn't have done this, you know, like, so you gotta, you gotta find time to fit all this stuff into your life, not only from a payment, but actual time wise too. Yep. Should we talk a little more about electronics themselves or do we not even want to go down that rabbit hole at this point because uh, uh, you know uh we're we're deep into this one. For another, yeah. we could do yeah. an electronics only one yeah i mean you, you could easily do one i'm just curious because i know obviously tom you're running you know hummingbird side imaging yeah. similar to me nick i haven't been on your boat are you running hummingbird as well yeah he looks behind side imaging. Yeah. Nick has that one that looks like a bobber and he just ties it off to a rope and throws it off the side. Yeah. That's Ryan yep. style right there. That's yeah. like Deep Creek Bluegill special right there. <laughs> so like I said, it tells you when the goldfish are at three feet or four feet or yeah. I uh, I just, I just, I just lower, lower a stick of dynamite down in. Uh -huh. Floats in, floats up. Yeah, hundred percent accurate. Drop a hairdryer in the water, a toaster. So let me ask you guys this yep. really quick. 
you know, we, we know what boat you have. We know what we're kind of doing here, the setup. Um, I think it's important that you guys all learned and are learning from what you have and where you would want to go with this. So Donnie, you said something, you had mentioned that you wouldn't change a whole lot on your boat, but I am curious from the three of you guys, what's your next boat going to be and why, you know, what is that? What does that look like for you guys? What is the progression from where you're at? Nick, you want to go first on that one? Sure. I'd like to get, uh, something a little deeper V with a wider beam, you know, ideally like a, a Lund Tai, Lund Fisherman kind of realm, but I'd go with an older one that I could just rehab myself, keep costs down. And then, uh, you can wire in everything while you're doing it. And as far as electronics, you know, uh, uh, track mounts, all that stuff. So that's, I, you know, kind of enjoy the, the do of DIY stuff, but that's where I'd be at. All right. All right. Tom, where would you, where you want to be? What's your next boat? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love mine. I don't think I'd ever get rid of it. Even if I got another one, I'd probably just keep this one because it's like so well suited to some of the things I do with it. But I do, I like I said, I would like something like Donnie has to be able to feel safer in bigger water and kind of open some doors for me as far as maybe being able to play around in like some Great Lakes scenarios or some like just bigger water in general. A little more space. I mean, when, when you go to the deep V, like Donnie, you said your beam's almost like 80 inches or something, like the width of your boat. Like mine, yeah, see mine, I think mine's like 70. So like typically, Tom. like, and I think they're the same length, right? Like yours is 16 or 17. Mine, yeah, it's 16 and a half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like we're the same length. With, yeah, with that deep V, you just get a little more room and a little more storage. And I think that's my next boat would be just a little touch bigger. Yeah, but I, who's isn't, who doesn't think that? I mean, even if you buy a 25-foot boat, you're going to have it for a year, and you're going to want a 26-foot boat. That's like the nature of the beast. So Yeah, I mean, that's where I was going with it. I mean, I'm pretty happy with my boat, but if I was going to upgrade, really, you know, if, if cost and, and, you know, space necessarily aren't an issue and you're just dreaming about what boat you would want, it would kind of like the same thing that Nick said would be what I would be thinking a little bit bigger, perhaps a Lund because they do have a little more bells and whistles than the tracker. Uh, but obviously, uh, like we talked about, we all, we brought it up more than once. We're all weekend warriors. You know, the tracker for me was the way that I could get everything that I wanted accessory wise, like that, you know, trolling motor that I wanted with the spot lock and, and, and the, you know, the hummingbird electronics as opposed to the little goldfish fish finder. Whereas if I had to, you know, <laughs> if I would have upgraded to the next boat, I might not have been able to, you know, upgrade those things to be where I wanted to be. So, uh, and also, again, I fish the rivers a lot. And even like the big glass boats, uh, you know, the rangers and everything, they're, they're awesome. And I have buddies that have them and I fished on them. Um, but truthfully, even if it was financially feasible for me, which it isn't, but even if it was, uh, there's places that I fish regularly that I wouldn't even be able to take that boat. So 
it's not a realistic option for me for the style that I fish, uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, something like a, you know, a little bit bigger Lund or, or Luma craft perhaps would be an upgrade down the road. But the truth is uh, I don't really see that happening at least definitely not anytime soon. So uh, it's going to be riding the old tracker till the wheels fall off. I want to I want to take a turn here because I this is the boat that I feel that I could get into from a starting standpoint, even though it's new, you know, it's a little bit more pricier than than what I would find used. Um, this is, not a pro, you know, this is not a project, but what's that? A jet ski. Yeah, no. So this is this is what I'm Brian flying around in a wetsuit, ruining my fishing. Oh, yeah. I would just do that on music. Yeah, just to ruin your Saturday up at Conneaut, I'd do that. Uh You know, it's like you guys uh, ever watch Eastbound and Down? Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's like the guy on the Tiger King riding in his life jacket off into Uh the sunset in his jet ski. Yeah, that's uh wow, that's hard to okay. So here, here's what I'm thinking. Ryan reads first boat. Yeah, Ryan reads first boat. That's how I'm gonna transition. I'm gonna forget everything that was just said. Okay, I'm going straight going straight for the Lund. I'm going with a 1650 angler. Okay. This boat's 16.5. It's got an 80 and a half inch beam on it. So it's not as wide as Donnie's. It's probably just a touch wider than, you know, what, what you guys have going on on yours. Now, if I had my druthers and cost wise, everything lined up, I would go straight for the angler sport because and this, this goes, Tom's going to give me a big thumbs down on this one, but that sport top with that walkthrough is an absolute necessity to me when I'm talking about trolling. I have fished in, in an Alumicraft Escape. I have fished in side consoles without it. I have fished in boats that have Biminis and windshields. And it is, for me, it is an absolute game changer if I'm going to troll, particularly early in the year and late in the year. I've had days where I was with Charlie, little buddy heater. You don't, I mean, you're sitting there, you're wrapped up, you're snuggled in close, and it is, it is not a deal. It's not a big well, deal. So, see, that makes you soft because I took, we, me and Charlie went night fishing, and Charlie's hands got cold, and we had to get Charlie home back to the launch ramp because he's so used to trolling and his heated steering wheel. He couldn't, he couldn't handle past it, and it, it, it makes you softer. I'm telling you, you got to get out and cast a little and bit. And listen, dude, I'm getting older. To, to be I fair, will, Tom. You just quit musky fishing when it gets cold, so... That's true. Oh, it's true. That's fair. But, you know, I'm getting older, even though you guys would argue I'm still young. I'm getting older. This is a, this is one of those things, man. I'm looking at this like I'm going to have this boat for 10, 15 plus years. Like, if I'm going to buy new, I want to have it. And I feel like the only problem with this boat is I probably wouldn't be... It wouldn't be something that I could grow into. You know, looking at the next models up with maybe a little wider beam, you know, maybe just a lot of different features. Maybe that's steering wheel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Maybe that's not the boat that I grow in, but I think think that'd be a great boat for you. (laughs) Yeah, I. Does that one have the? Does it have the uh, like flip up bench seats in the back? 
that one does not. So they don't they don't have the bench okay. seats in, in the back of that. But th- the reason I, I'm okay with that is because there is somewhat of a of a platform on the back end of that boat. So I could theoretically two of us, one could be on the front, one could be on the back, and it's not going to be that big. That's of an where I'm going with that. Yeah, for casting. Um, yep. But yep. you know, it's still close quarter. You know, that's not uh, that's not a boat we're going to get. Donnie, Tom, and I on on an Allegheny River tournament. That's a two-man boat right there. But I don't know. Dimension-wise, it's probably not not far from Charlie's, really. Charlie's is going to – his boat's a lot wider, and uh, the length on his boat – I'd have to look, but – Charlie's is a 17-footer, I believe, is right. it not? Yeah, he I'm might have – It might be a 17-and-a-half. Yeah, his boat's wider, definitely. I mean, the beam I, on that. Yeah, because his but, boat is just as wide, if not wider, than mine. Mm-hmm. I believe his is – I want to say Charlie's boat is a foot longer, maybe six inches wider than mine, but that might not be – I know it's a foot longer, but I'm not positive on his beam. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but – A couple inches makes a big difference. Yes, <laughs> it does. It absolutely does. <laughs> So, you know, that's where I'm at. You know, this is this is TBD here because there's just I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I can't I can't figure I, out what I want. I thought you were gonna tell us you already ordered it. Well, like well that I said, was like the finale of this episode was surprise. I just clicked the mouse and hit order on my Yeah. Um Haynes Marina is gonna have for the first time when she listens to the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> surprise. I'm not gonna tell her. But if we get if we get a hundred listens, Ryan, we'll do like the trendy YouTube thing. If we get like a hundred listens or thumbs up, Ryan Reed buys a brand new boat and ruins his marriage. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. We're not doing that. We get a, if we get a hundred subs before next week, Ryan's buying yeah. a boat. Ryan's buying a brand new boat. Yep. There that's are the there are three of these units, three of these units that are coming into one's yours specific marina. And they have they're gonna have three of each of those models. So the the side console, the walkthrough, and the tiller. So I don't know. We'll you see. You can keep it at my house so you don't get divorced immediately. Yeah. Well, that's not gonna happen. Not in not in uh, not this month. Probably not next month. <laughs> but anyway, anything else you guys want to add to this? I mean, this was kind of uh, an interesting thing. Just if anything, to kind of introduce everybody to the type of boats you guys have, you know, as the hunks, these are the boats the hunks are fishing out of, you know, we're not, uh, we're not fishing out of brand new Ranger boats, you know, the hunkiest of the hunks doesn't even have a boat. Yep. That's the truth. Yeah. The hunkiest hunk, huh? Uh-huh. Well, you know. Yeah. What, what makes you the hunkiest? Uh, I mean, Pure size, really. I think I've got everybody <laughs> more hunks of meat of me than most of you. That's what I was going for there. It wasn't, yeah. God. Well, I did have one more note in my phone. It's an easy one, though. It's just stay. If you have a little boat, if you don't have the 20 foot ranger, stay organized. Everything has its spot. Everything goes back in its spot when you're done with it. And you will make that 16-foot boat have so much more room. 
if you have five rods laying on the deck and a bunch of open tackle boxes and bait piles in the front, bait piles in the back, coolers everywhere, jackets, like that 16 foot, 16 foot boat quickly becomes like nothing. But if you keep everything, keep the rods in the law, whatever your rods you can store, keep them stored, keep your boxes stored, keep everything to a minimum and you can really open that deck up and can be a lot happier with What's that? It makes sense why you and Nicholas don't, don't fish together much. Because Nick Nick likes to pack heavy. <laughs> He's very disorganized. Everywhere. Yeah. He's yeah. Very disorganized. I, I just like the five gallon buckets everywhere with like you know rimmed with all the big hooks. Uh huh. Uh, you know, so I have like I have like. Oh, yeah. And it gets dangerous. I mean, I, I was with freaking Ryan and I stepped, he had a box with hooks sticking out in every direction. And I stepped on it and took a hook to the foot. Yeah, this was so yeah, just, I, I, especially a That's elite footwear. That brings me to my next point proper footwear. Yeah. You always go wrong with socks. Uh uh. I feel like that is the act. That's the reason why you ended up with a hook in your foot. It wasn't because of my box. It was because of your fake aquatic footwear. Uh, 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 I took them off. Just to clarify, yeah. I stepped on that hook shoeless. If I would have had the elite footwear on, I would have taken the hook in the croc. And would have been, we wouldn't be having so that this conversation. You, that you double dunk? You would have taken the hook where? <laughs> taking them off? <laughs> no, see, you're all shoebies. That's the thing. Oh my god, we need to close this out. It's so late right now. I can't even say one more bad thing about Crocs. I'm gonna stay organized, keep your Crocs where they belong on your feet, and keep your baits in the box. In the garbage. Nicely said. Crocs in the garbage. All right. We're gonna we need to close this one out, people. So what what are we gonna say here? A special thank you to Big O's Bucktails. Owen, thank you for making bucktails that, that catch fish. Uh, and what, what else do you want to do here? Shout out to Andy. If you ever get a boat or want to get a boat, um, need Rod Older, he's the guy. Andy, Andy, yeah, Andy Rod Older. It's, it's pretty funny that, you know, all of us have different boats and different styles of boats and, and even the other guys that we fish with for the most part. But the one thing that everybody has in common here is that anybody at pretty much that we know that trolls – we're all running fat AZ rod holders and, and uh, you know, we all went through his, you know, Andy and that, that tracks them to, uh, to get us set up to troll. So that it's pretty interesting. Like Ryan said earlier, that's definitely kind of the industry standard. I would think. And I, as far as I know, we all have good things to say about, you know, those products. So that's definitely, it's, it's kind of wild that we all, you know, yep. I have two rod more, more all up in Canada and everywhere. I, I have two rod holders and I don't even have a boat. <laughs> right. You know, it's just, I mean, it, it stands down. They make, they make the best, you know, it, it's the fat, you can't beat the fat AZ rod holders. If you're going to start must control mm -hmm. that, that's, that's what you want to get. That's and one that thing you do not want to skimp out on. Go fat AZ. Don't get any plastic Scotties or anything dumb like that. It's a waste of money. Sell your Crocs. 
by Fat AZ. Yeah. Really fat AZ. I thought all this time it was fat ass. That's wow. what I thought. Wow. Andy's object. AZ. That's the thing with him too, though. There's not a lot of other brands where you can like talk to the mastermind behind the product who can like help you, like tell you what's good for you if you don't know what's good for you. And it didn't even right. fade. Yeah, I, I want. I'm not I, dealing with the salesman. You're dealing with the yeah, guy. Yeah, and uh, like a genius with rod holders. Like I approached him knowing absolutely nothing. Like, and it didn't even phase him. He was just like, "Okay, well, let me think about that." And within, like I said, like five minutes, he had these ideas that I'm using and that I love to this day. It was like nothing for him. So you definitely reach out you, to them. I you walk up in the Crocs and said, "Watch this." He said, "Go away." There, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come back with shoes and we'll talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Special thanks to Big O's Bucktail. Special thanks to Pennsylvania Monsters. <laughs> Special thanks to Donnie Swink Outdoors. Thank you guys for episode three. Looking forward to another one. We see you oh, in a week. What about our special guest, Larissa? This oh, was our first episode yeah, with the guest. Are you just going to breathe right over that? Well, I was... <laughs> a special thank you to Nick Beasler and Larissa. Up in Canada, thank you both. <laughs>